All right. It hasn't actually been that long since we've done one of these. California, Japan, wow, Scotland. Um, yeah, worldwide, I'll say. Jesus, I, I damn. Um, anyway, it seems uh, uh, not that it was, it was not really that long ago that we did one of these things, but it felt like a long time, and I felt like a little out of touch. Uh, so uh, life has been pretty busy lately. Um, wedding planning and uh and uh, a book i'm working on uh not the rpf one actually a different project which i'm not even going to get into the specifics of but i'm working on something that's i think going to be um very helpful for people and and so um so my next uh a little i put the rpf book on the side it's gonna it's gonna get done and this other project i have but i have uh um this other project i'm, I'm gonna try to get done this year and I'm working with somebody else on it, so um, so that should be kind of fun. Uh, but life has been crazy busy. Uh, stream my wedding? No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not quite that into being a, a Kardashian-like social personality. I, I think I put enough of my life out here. <laughs> yeah, well, well. Uh, oh, hey, yeah, you like my porg? <laughs> I always like noticing. It always cracks me up when. Uh, with, with the things that people notice in the background. I always have to kind of police, okay, what's what's back there? <laughs> Make sure nothing too embarrassing. All right, so uh, this is a Q&A show, so we're getting a bunch of folks on board here. So if you guys have questions, go ahead and start firing them at me, and I think we can get started in actually answering them. Uh, that's, of course, the main purpose of the show here. I just had a couple little, you know, little updates and stuff. Uh, Super Bowl Sunday, don't have any real uh, uh, favorites on that one. I'm not one of these people who just blindly goes into, you know, oh, well, the Patriots are just a bunch of cheaters and, and uh, you know, and, and whatever, the Eagles. I don't know about, too much about the Philadelphia Eagles. So, I don't, you know, it's not a big not a big thing for me. But uh, anyway, let's, uh, let's see here. I have since, uh, what is a transport station, Jane Smith asks. Um, do you think, okay, here we go. I'm not sure what a transport station is. I'm not sure what you mean by that, Jane. Um, Sheriff Starr, do you think Leah will do a show about the JWs? I think that there might be something that could be done that Leah might do, um, about other cults in general. I don't know that she's going to do something specifically about the, uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses, although that would be kind of awesome. I know there's a lot of people in the XJW world who would love for Leah to do or for someone to do a treatment on JWs the way that Leah has been doing uh, treatment on Scientology. Um, I, I think that there, uh, I think the next season is, is, you know, a season three for, for Leah's show is pretty much happening, but there hasn't been an official word on that. And don't take anything I say as some kind of secret inside knowledge, because I really don't have any secret inside knowledge. I'm just sort of, uh, uh, um, you know, surmising from what I do know, but I don't, it's not like I'm in daily touch with Leah or something. Uh, okay, what is, what's the name of your current book? Oh, it doesn't have one yet. Heh. <laughs> Uh, okay, you mean a, um, when you say a transplant station, are you, do you mean an implant station, Jane? Is that a Scientology question? Uh, P. Parrot asks, did you watch Ron Miscavige's YouTube video earlier? Yes, I watched parts of it, and I was really impressed. I'm glad that Ron is getting out there, 
and uh, on YouTube and putting something out there. I think, uh, as I discussed recently with, um, I, in fact, yesterday, I think it was released, the uh, Jeff Wassel video uh, that I did where we talked about um, a, a more on OSA tactics and we talked about, you know, the sort of the counter fight that we critics bring. We, we went in some detail on that. And I found it interesting. I know Jeff Wassel, Dr. Jeff Wassel, he's a PhD, and I know he's kind of highbrow in some of his language and sometimes can be a little hard to follow, um, but he uh, has some good ideas. And there are some people working right now, uh, John P. Capitalist and Jeff and uh, Jeffrey Augustine. And of course, I contribute, you know, what I can to trying to formulate you know, more strategic, tactical, whatever word you want to use, uh, ideas to take on and deal with Scientology in a, uh, in a in the most effective manner that we can. And I'm a little excited. Jeff and uh, John P's been around for a while. Jeff is kind of new, Jeff Wassel, on the scene. And uh, we've been bringing him up to speed and giving him a lot of information. And I, I'm kind of excited about, um, you know, having somebody with his background involved on our side to analyze and uh, counter, you know, what OSA is doing. So, because um, it's not like OSA's idol, you know, the people who work at OSA, uh, they don't have anything to do all day, except, you know, deal with this Scientology stuff. And I think of everybody in the world of Scientology, I think OSA is probably the busiest set of people. Uh, I might, yeah, I might, I, I, I think that would be a true statement. All right, so let's go here. M Jane Smith's asking about an implant station. Uh, this is a whole different question now. Uh, an implant station is, Hub is something Hubbard asserted existed. Um, there's lots of them, you know, million, thousands, millions, whatever. They exist all over. There's, they exist on this planet. They exist on Mars. Uh, they, you know, this is a sort of a, a whole track thing, meaning a, a past lives back in the back in the day sort of thing. Although Hubbard um, uh, says that. Um, uh, this stuff's been around, you know, for millions and millions and millions of years. This is this is old stuff, right? And, but that they're still around. Uh, implant stations run on automatic. If they're not manned, they could have manned operators, you know, implanters. Uh, but they also can just kind of be automatic installations. And what they do is they is they suck or pull a a thetan, a spiritual entity, into them. Uh, maybe there's something interesting or attractive or, you know, Hubbard said that aesthetics, that beautiful things attract uh, Thetans best. So you'll use, you know, maybe some idol or statue or flashing lights or something really interesting. And the Thetan will go, ooh, what's that? You know, maybe he's just zipping through the galaxy one day and some, you know, boop, boop, boop sort of thing pops up. And he's like, what's that? And he goes over and he looks at it. And then he gets sucked into it through some kind of energy flows or something, right? Hubbard talks about how electronics, high-level electronics can be used to control and tractor beam a Thetan. And I'm not really sure how that's all supposed to work since a Thetan is not supposed to have any mass or wavelength or existence in time and space uh, as we understand it, right? Theta is a different thing from matter, energy, space, and time. But we won't, you know, ask too many questions. And an implant station is something that sucks you in and then it runs you through some kind of process and there are many, 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 many different ones. Um, Hubbard described lots of different kinds of implants. But the idea is to forcefully implant ideas, concepts, uh, thoughts into your head, so to speak, into your noggin and get you thinking and acting differently as a result. 
Uh, hey, Utah. Uh, yeah, home of another destructive cult. Um, so, uh, and and it's uh, the implant stations are uh, at implants are all about controlling populations. You know, not just in, not just one individual, but whole populations, right? And um, and so they're pretty vicious, and they're supposed to be pretty mean. Uh, you know, like the whole concept of, of mind control on that level, you know, is obviously not, not a, not a good one. And, uh, and that's what an implant station is. And there's apparently, if I'm, I'm sort of remembering, there's supposed to be a, a station in the, in the Pyrenees mountains, uh, I think in the Urals, uh, I think somewhere in Turkey. And Hubbard even, Hubbard even talked about these things a little, mm, no, no, he did not talk about them in the Mission Earth books. He talked about, um alien uh, space stations here on Earth. And I have one in Turkey, right? Uh, anyway, so I might be mixing the, the genres there, but that's, uh, that's what I can tell you about the um, implant stations. Uh, okay, let's see here. Do you think Scientology Aftermath will come to the UK? We want it. Yeah, I thought it was already there. Um, it should definitely be uh, on there. I guess you can get it on the internet. You know, uh, that's how I would go for trying to find it if it wasn't local. Like, I, I think, uh, I, but I was a little surprised when I went to Australia at how limited certain internet access is. Like, when you're in Australia, you can't get channels and stuff. I was like, what? You know, I'm a stupid American, uh, you know, insular, isolated American guy who thinks everybody has everything we have. Uh, was shocked to discover that's not the case. And, and the internet down in Australia ain't so, ain't as... Uh, accessible, you know, so I guess that's the same in the UK, question mark, I don't know, um, let's see, uh, didn't know Ron was on YouTube, do you think, you should... yes, do, okay, Mark Dickerson asks, do you think the Church Scientology will run another pointless commercial during the Super Bowl, yes, I absolutely think they will, and, uh, and as gone over, that is done through local advertising, uh, not through the main Inter, you know, national or international advertising hub that they use for Super Bowl ads. So you, not everybody is going to see the Scientology commercials. It'll only be selected markets, and I don't know which ones. Um, generally, they run them in LA for sure, Clearwater. Um, you know, the bigger markets where they have uh, ideal orgs. So that's, uh, but yeah, I think they're definitely going to run those. Um, I'm just going to try to go down these these questions here and answer as many as I can. I really want to. Uh, give you guys something back for, you know, appearing here. Uh, let's see. You can do the RPF book along with your e-meter video. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, okay, good. One thing, by the way, on the metering video, it will be part of this Basics of Scientology series. No question about it. It is coming out this year. And um, the Basics of Scientology series that I'm doing right now, where I'm breaking down, you know, the ARC triangle, study tech, the tone scale, all these different things, those some of those are actually going to help that metering video because the meter, the data on how the e-meter works and what Scientologists think the e-meter is doing, has a lot to do with all those other basics. So as I build this series, uh, I'll be able to you know back reference some of those videos in the metering video and actually bring the you know the the length of the metering video, which right now is looking like an hour long video. I can bring it down a little bit because I'll have covered some of the earlier principles. I hope that kind of makes sense. It you know makes makes sense to me. I hope I'm communicating it clearly. 
because that metering video has been, of course, you know, this big tease for a very long time, and I'm really, you know, not happy that it's taken me as long as it has to get certain things figured out uh, in order to script it so that I can communicate it to non-Scientologists, ex-Scientologists, and really cover every part of it uh, in a non-slipshod or sloppy manner, right? I really want to be, I really want to nail this thing. So um, anyway, that's uh, that's what's what with that. Um Alex and David are proof list of approved reading for Seaward Hot Glass asks, with the Church of Scientology's strict policies on media and such, is it only safe to assume that Alex and David are approved for consumption by the COS? Who are Alex and David? I think I'm missing something on that question, Seward. Also, is there a list of approved reading for Church of Scientology besides LRH? No, there isn't. However, there is a list of disapproved reading. Um, you know, obviously any books by critics are, are hands-off, right? No Scientologists are, are, are going to be, uh, you know, cool with reading those books. Uh, Leah's book, my book, you know, Ron Miscavige Sr.'s book, Mark Headley's book, you know, any, uh, you know, Alex um, Gibney's uh, documentary, right? There are, um, you know, there are blacklisted materials and uh and this and it and and this goes back a ways i mean all the way back to paulette cooper's book and and books from the 60s and stuff so um so that is how they sort of control uh or try to control you know people's access during uh in, in scientology um okay let's see here just going down the list one by one um sz asks you know what is scientology stand on president trump at the moment I've heard that Mr. Trump wanted to go against Scientology. I have not heard that he wants to go against Scientology. I heard somebody in his administration made a negative comment about Scientology, but that's not the same thing as Trump wants to go after Scientology. I don't think he has any such intention um, because he needs the religious support, uh, the religious rights support him. They're part of his base. And unfortunately, um, when you go after Scientology, you are going after a group that is an acknowledged religion. I did a video this week showing that they are not. But, you know, I, I'm registering my protest with that video. That's not to say that they are not a, um, <clears throat> an acknowledged religion. And Christians and Catholics and, you know, other religious, other major religious groups get very nervous at the idea of taking away Scientology's tax exemption or going after Scientology because they feel that they might be next. Uh, because let's face it, some of these churches, not the whole thing, um, you know, at all. I'm not, I'm not apply, implying that the entire Catholic church or, the, or every Christian church is corrupt, but let's face it, some of them are. And they have guilty consciences and skeletons in their closets, and they so they get a little nervous about anybody in government going after any religious group for their tax exemption or for their religious status. So, um, so I don't think, I think Scientology, I think, I don't know the Church of Scientology, if Scientologists have, I, I don't know what their majority view is in regards to pro-Trump, anti-Trump, but I can comment on that, on that business of the White House going after Scientology, and I don't see any, any such activity right now, but, you know, maybe something's going on behind the scenes. Um, that'd be that'd be nice. I would definitely support Trump and the Trump administration in that subject, right? I don't. I'm not a Trump supporter, but I. But if they went after Scientology, I would definitely support that. 
Uh, let's see. Any news? Trish Robinson asked any news on the city of Clearwater downtown situation? Not, no. Aaron uh, Smith-Levin is more on top of that situation. He lives there. I'm in Denver. I don't really know a whole lot about Clearwater. I've only been there a couple times. So it's not really my area of expertise. Um, all right. Let's see here. Uh, somebody says... Um, during the Super Bowl, oh yeah, that'd be cool if somebody ran, uh, if A&E ran promo for uh, the aftermath during the Super Bowl, that'd be cool. Um, okay, it's super good, it's super support, oh, thank you. Um, seems like a religion, yeah, mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> hey, Mark, <laughs> I got a cold watching Penn and Teller's bullshit, yes. Uh, okay, good. Yes, both sides do pander to religion. That is true. Uh, let's see. Thoughts on Joy Villa. Uh, oh, Marianne Reamer. Thank you for a little bit of support there. I appreciate that. Thanks a lot. Um, okay, let's see here. Jeffrey did an excellent interview with her ex-manager. Yeah, so Trish Robinson's question on Joy Villa. Uh, she is an attention whore. Period. End of story. The woman will do and say anything to get the spotlight she's more shameless than the kardashians she disgusts me and um she is a scientologist she's married to a scientologist there is zero question that she is a scientologist and that she is a dedicated and committed scientologist and and i was actually going to make a video and i was in the middle of writing it about why you shouldn't vote for a scientologist not because I'm a bigot or because of religious discrimination, but because of the control that the Church of Scientology has over its members. And and literally, while I'm in the middle of writing that, Tony Ortega posts his article with uh, quoting her ex-manager that she's out of the game, uh, that she's been dumped by the Trumpsters uh, for political support because of Scientology's influence literally proved right in the real world in real time what I was writing. I and I I you know I said okay well Tony got the story out there and and that wasn't even me trying to break a story. It was just me thinking, well this is why you shouldn't really be voting for a Scientologist. <clears throat> and then uh, and then it turns out everything I was writing happened. And I was like, God damn, I that's you know <laughs> good, good job, Chris. So Excuse me. So, uh, so I don't think Joy Villa's political aspirations are going to go too much further. If they do, I'll, I'll resuscitate that video script. But, um, oh, Lemmy Adams, thank you. Thank you for that uh, super chat support. Appreciate it. Um, so, anyway, I don't think Joy Villa is long for the political world, but I do think that she is going to continue to do and say anything that she can to get the spotlight. And it's just really sickening to me that there are people who, who do that. Cause they, and the reason why it's sickening to me is not because I'm jealous of attention that people get or that I think there's something wrong with being in the spotlight. I think that when that is your only goal and you don't really have any mission there or integrity or, you know, sense of uh, right and wrong, or, you know, like, like for, then, then it's just stupid. And Joy Villa is doing that. I mean, she used to be anti-Trump, pro-Bernie, anti-abortion. Then she goes to the Grammys wearing a, this stupid dress that's pro-life. Uh, you know, come on. What are you, what are you doing? You know, 
So, all right. So that's my thoughts. That's my ranting on Joy Villa. Um, okay, let's see here. Oh, Jen Chapman mentions the Super Bowl ad is already on YouTube. It's lame. I have not seen it, but I'm sure that is true. <laughs> um, uh, oh, P. Perot, uh, or P. Parrot asks, I just finished Karen Presley's book and was amused when she more or less said that David Miscavige was the SP at Gold. Opinion, is he SP? Well, uh, SPs are a construct of L. Ron Hubbard, but if... Um, if SPs were to exist, David Miscavige would fit almost every characteristic to a T. Hubbard wrote very specific bulletins and policies about suppressive people and what they do, and David Miscavige literally does every single one of those things. So, yeah, he is the SP at gold. Uh, from a Scientology point of view, yeah, that is that is his role. Um Wow, got something else here. Uh, Beach 8, thank you very much for that support. That was awesome. Uh, okay, let's see here. Just going back up the list here. Uh, thanks for the recent podcast on religion, Nancy Milner says. You are very welcome. Thanks for, thanks for that. Uh, let's see here. Oh, Marianne Reamer asks, are my going, am I going to Clearwater on March 10th? Do you have any idea why my cousin shut our family out a lot when he married HIW? I never said anything against them, and it's been 35 years. Okay, um, I'm not sure yet if I'm going to Clearwater. Um, I'd like to, but I'm not sure yet. And um, as far as your cousin shutting out the family, you know, destructive cults don't necessarily have to just uh, bring shunning to the table <clears throat> in order to tear apart families and friendships. Part of being in a destructive cult like the JWs or like Scientology is that you become part of a very insular and isolated community. Um, they actively encourage that you only be friends, only have romantic entanglements with, only associate with other cult members. Uh, of course, they don't say it that way, but, that's, but it is heavily encouraged within the peer society of any destructive cult that you you know, cut kind of cut ties with your former friends and family because, you know, they're, they don't understand you anymore. They don't really get you. They don't get what you're all about because now you're part of this new movement or activity that you're, you know, joined up in, whether it's religious or not. You know, this also applies to non-religious cults. And, um, and so they're going to encourage that. And that's why uh, you won't see... Uh, you know, when people get into these cults, you see them less and less. That's that's kind of why. It's because it's encouraged in there, okay? Um, all right, let's see here. Uh, Fred Flogiston, thank you. When will come out your new book, and can you give us a little hint on the content? Okay, um, I'm trying to, uh, you know, not say too much about it. Um, I'm hoping it comes out. I'm, I'm, I want to get it done this year. Okay, it's going to be, you know, it should, unless I need to bring a publisher into it. Um, hey, Jen, thank you. Um, yeah, <laughs> Clearwater. Um, yeah, one of the considerations on going to Clearwater is money, by the way, uh, which is not some big ask right now, okay? I'm just telling you that's how it is. Um, so as far as the book goes, I want to get it done this year. I'm probably looking at self-publishing. I'm working with somebody else. It's a collaborative effort, okay? So I am not just sitting here pounding out stuff. I'm working with somebody else on it. And um, 
but we do want to get it done this year. And it does have to do with cults and it has to do with cult recovery. Okay, so I'll say that much. Okay, so uh, let's get back here to the list of questions. I'm just literally just going down the list. I'm trying to not be, you know, uh, rejecting anybody's questions if I can help it. Um, Rich McGoffey asks, um, I, I'm butchering names. I, ho I hope I'm not butchering yours, Rich. Uh, Rich asks, is it true that SO members are generally not OT? Yes, that is true. Uh, by far, the, 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 the vast majority of Sea Org members are not OT, or not even clear. Most of them are lower level. Uh, okay. Hey, Aftershock, thank you. Appreciate it. Every little bit helps. I really appreciate the support, guys. Um, okay, just awesome. So let's see here. Is there any action, uh, Seaward Hot Glass asks, is there any action taking place to bring down the free zoners? Not that I know of. Uh, and I think such an effort would be a waste. Um, free zoners kind of eventually take themselves down by learning more about Scientology and knocking it off, you know. Um, I'm certainly not on any mission to take out the Free Zoners. Uh, as far as whether the Church of Scientology is, I could get, you know, from that direction. Um, it, not really. I mean, I don't really see Scientology going after independent Scientologists very hard. Because if they really went after them and they went into a court of law and discovery happened as the first part of any legal motion or activity, then you have... You know, church officials having to come in. You have uh, Miscavige potentially having to come in. I mean, there's there are risks to bringing a suit against independent Scientologists. So I think there was some effort being made um, by an independent to uh, challenge the copyright law or something or the trademark law. And I don't really know where that went. I, I don't think it went anywhere, but I'm not. I can't say for sure. Um, but certainly not anything like what used to be done. Like, for example, in the 80s, when the Church of Scientology went after David Mayo, who just recently died, he was the, the highest technical person in Scientology. He was the senior CS international. And then he left the Sea Org in the, in the mid-80s, and he went to Santa Barbara, and he opened up an independent counseling group. And, this, and it was big. I mean, hundreds of people showed up right away. And the church infiltrated it, went after it legally, and shut it down so hard that Mayo was made to sign legal documents that he would never discuss Scientology ever again in a public forum. And so he just disappeared. And um, I don't see anything like that going on these days as far as uh, Scientology going after these guys. Uh, okay, let's see here. Looking for question marks. Uh, do you think, okay, Fairy Tale asks, do you think Scientology ever gets their TV channel going? What type of programming can we expect? Foot bullets of the JW broadcast kind. Um, no, they have not gotten it going yet. Um, and I actually did a video where I talked about the kind of programming that I thought would occur. Um, uh, I think it's called Scientology TV is, is here or something like that. I made that about a year or so ago because I thought they were going to open back then. <laughs> and they, asked, they still haven't opened their TV channel. And, uh, and I have talked about this in my Q&A shows earlier, how um, Scientology took a year, year and a half, to figure out how to make books in-house. And uh, I worked at that facility for a little while, and I, and I became intimately familiar with the history of it and stuff when I started working there. And it took them a long time to figure out how to do it because they started from scratch. They had no idea how to run a printing facility. And they had to figure it all out. And they went very high end on the equipment. They went like crazy 
high-end, right? Really high-end digital process, digital printers and book binding equipment and stuff. This was no small operation. And it took them, like I said, about a year and a half to figure out how to do it. And they do produce, I mean, you know, whatever you want to say about the content of the books, the quality of the books is is really pro. I mean, it really is quite high. And, um, and, it, and so I think that that's probably what's going on with Scientology Media Productions is they've entered into, okay, now we're going to do cable TV and now we're going to do like TV shows. And so they had to, you know, for, for people out in the world, not just internally in Scientology. And so I think they're trying to figure out, you know, David Miscavige can promise the sun, the moon, and the stars, but when it comes to actually putting content out there, he's, you know, he wants it to be high quality, uh, probably way too high quality. I mean, don't, you know, don't, I'm not praising Miscavige's uh, quality control, but that's what I think personally, that's what I think is going on, is they're just figuring themselves out. And uh, so they're probably doing all the work that was that that is or was being done at Gold as far as the in-house promotional materials, the Super Bowl ad, the, 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 the technical films that they make. I think they're working on that stuff. But as far as the public-facing stuff, I think they're still figuring their shit out. Uh, okay, let's see here. Um... Uh, Rich asks me, did you know Fishburne says whole track is not linear? Um, yeah, uh, Fishburne. Um, I'm not sure who Fishburne is, but um, I, I think you're talking about um, that guy who whose name is escaping me right now, too. Um, and uh, anyway, who knows? You know, Hubbard said three different things along the line of Scientology. Lower level, pre-clear stuff. Oh, Fishman. Yeah, that's it. Thanks, Mark. Uh, Fishman was a con man, okay? Fishman did not do high-level Scientology stuff. And he told a bunch of nonsense about uh, Scientology in the mix of the other stuff that he said that was legit, right? Because he studied Scientology to a degree. And um, then he uh, just, you know, tried to use that information to, to get out of criminality. He committed, I think, fraud or something. So... Um, so he could say the whole track's not linear, but, um, that doesn't really mean a whole lot for, for Scientology. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I, 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 Jane Smith asked for an update on the RPF closing. I need an update myself. I've given you guys as much information as I have on that, on that subject. Uh, hey, Brighton, England. Hey, John. All right. Uh, oh, Johnny, awesome. Thank you. Woohoo. And, uh, thank you, Seward, for, uh, your support there. Uh, is Osa still bothering Mike, Leah, and you? Yeah. Yeah, they are. Uh, I'm not going to get into specifics and stuff, but yeah. Uh, is there a Sea Org hymn you used to sing to pump up the morale? Was it We Stand Tall? <laughs> and Outcast asks. <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah, we did. Um, I, you know, it's embarrassing right now for me a little bit because this, the, you know, the, I posted one of the music videos from the IAS, right? And that's the crap we used to listen to. And I'll tell you, when you're in an insular, isolated world like that, where you're kind of in a bubble, and everybody thinks, you know, that, that what you're doing is the bomb diggity, right? Then you like music like that, right? And some of the, you know, some of the, 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 some of the songs are written by professional artists who know how to write music and stuff. So, um, so yeah, I used to definitely, we used to definitely get our morale wherever we could, and that included from Scientology Music. 
Danielle Demchak asks, does the church target college campuses? Would it bring itself to Penn State main campus? Yes, they do target college campuses, but very randomly. Because it really depends on the local org, the local church, and, um, and how active and proactive they are at reaching out. Some are very proactive and others are flippers are pulled in and they're not doing nothing. So I couldn't say specifically whether they'd be going to Penn State or not. Uh, I have no idea. But uh, they have in the past targeted college campuses, and I'm sure that they continue to do so. All right. Uh, let's see. What else we got here? Um, just in, Okay. Sun Yellow asks me, just in terms of critical thinking, how did you vet the sources you cited for your book, A to Zenu? Well, a lot of it was from my own experience. But as far as vetting them goes, um, I don't know. I didn't particularly have a, have a really strict method. Um, I, a lot of the, my sources were either other ex-Scientologists who I personally knew or whose stories had been corroborated by other ex-Scientologists who were there, um, or by media articles, uh, which, which were by researchers who had, uh, like the SP rundown, right, uh, by the, uh, by the uh, SP Times, the Truth Rundown, sorry, by the uh, Tobias and, and the other guy in um, Clearwater, um, you know, I, I, uh, or sorry, Tobin, <laughs> um, anyway, I trusted those sources, what they were reporting on all lined up, it, it, like very specifically and exactly with everything I already knew and experienced about Scientology. So it was kind of a, it wasn't that I didn't really have to get into vetting them too much. Um, and a couple of the sources I quoted, like Marty Rathbun, and I had to because when it came to the IRS decision, for example, Marty Rathbun, uh, David Miscavige, and uh, the, the IRS commissioner were the only people in that office during that meeting, that in infamous meeting that David Miscavige had with uh, um, Goldstein or whatever his name was, the IRS commissioner at the time. Uh, so Marty was the only one who was talking. So that was the information that I used. So that's, I don't know, it's about the best answer I can give you on that. Uh, let's see here. Okay, Fishman, Fishman, Fishman. Is Fishman how the OT levels got out? Seaward Hot Glass asks. Um, no, that the OT levels got out. And I don't think it was Fishman. I think there was another, I think it was Lawrence Wallersheim's case or Jerry Armstrong's case uh, in the early and mid 1980s that got the OT levels uh, into the court record, along with Elrich's uh, Hubbard's affirmations uh, and a bunch of other stuff. Um, so we owe uh, a lot of debt to Jerry Armstrong for that and Lawrence uh, uh, Walvershine. Okay, Sunday morning and, and names are always a little rough for me anyway. All right, uh, who's the best? Berlin, who's the best? Berlin. Have you, okay, Jen Chapman asks me, have you heard of the Hyde School in Bath, Maine? Uh, I went there in the 80s and it's so much like the Scientology Ranch. I have not heard of that, Jen. Um, that's a new, new thing to me, but the idea of there being destructive cults out there that run schools, yeah, absolutely, that exists. Uh, far too many of them. Do you have any more Scientology rap videos? Chris J asks me. Uh, that last one was awesome. I do have uh, one other one that I had sent to me, but it was already posted uh, online. I was really disappointed. So um, 
I have it here. I got this. I got somebody to send me this DVD, and uh, I was like, ah, because uh, Angry Gay Pope had already posted it uh, back in 2012. So I was like, ah. So if I get a line into any more, I will definitely uh, get them up because I think those things are hilarious now. All right, let's see here. Um, there's nowhere. Mr. Marco Darko asks, why does Scientology send me the creepiest texts? Know who they weird number always at night. Like who thought this was normal way to talk to people? Well, <laughs> um, they're probably sending you texts because they want to get you back into Scientology or, or sell you something. And um, they don't understand how to talk to people. Scientologists, especially Sea Org members especially, are, are in such a bubble, right? And, and these little things, uh, Marco, like these texts or the letters that we see sometimes that get posted or the emails, they really prove this point. I mean, these guys are in an isolated world where the, the regular news of the day and the cultural pop things and uh, language and the, and the current events, I mean, all that stuff is kind of takes a back seat to Scientology. And the mission of Scientology is way more important than anything else that's going on. So all this, so they're very focused, you know. They want you on the phone. They want you in the church. They want you on course or in the counseling sessions and they're paying your money. And that's all they want from you. And they want you doing that 24-7. They, they are in this, like, you know, sort of days, really, of belief, this prison of belief, um, that, you know, this is the thing. Wow, Sasha won Sue's. They, 50 bucks, damn. <laughs> Thank you. That's awesome. Uh, okay, thanks. All right, so, um, so that is Scientology. That is the insular destructive cult mentality, whether it's JWs or, you know, the, the FLDS or Scientology or whatever. That's a reflection of that, and it is frustrating to deal with because they are so out of touch, um, and they can seem very weird and pushy and you know hard sell. Uh, that's why, you know, because they're because that's just part of the part of the destructive cult picture. All right, let's see here. Um, cool, thank you. Uh, let's see here. What do we got here? Loving. I I had it and then I lost it. Uh, back up the line here. All these comments I'm trying to keep up on. Um, oh, it was there and then it... Oh, there we go. This is really happening, says Love in this live stream. Hope you make it on 310. Yeah, me too. Um, on the We Stand Tall video, do you know if the majority of other Scientologists in the video are still in the cult? Actually, I think the ma I think a majority of those guys are, are out. Or at least, if they're not out, they've been taken out. Okay. In the We Stand Tall video, there's this scene at Gold of all these international management personalities. And David Miscavige is in the front with his stupid little, you know, black and colored shirt. And everybody else is dressed down in, in cardigans and <laughs> or pullover sweaters and this kind of thing. Um, so all those people have been kind of taken out, right? They've been uh, put in the hole which doesn't exist like we talked about in Going Clear and stuff. Miscavige has kind of lightened up on that, uh, as far as I understand, although these people are still not doing their jobs, still being persecuted, just not to the same degree. 
But regardless of any of that, um, they've been they've been shattered as people, right? And this is the really sad part. Uh, is you know these were strong-willed people who had a passionate belief. I mean, really, they were in a daze or are in a daze about Scientology, and that's very sad. But I met a lot of these people, and they were good people, right? They are good people, and they've been just destroyed as individuals. Their will has been broken by miscavige, and that is, um, it's, it's really, it's, it's, a, it's not, it's kind of a tragedy, you know? So, uh, so, if they're, so a lot of those guys have left Scientology or the Sea Org, uh, and those who are still in are pretty much not functional. Uh, as, uh, you know, I, I don't mean like they're bedridden or something. I just mean they're not where they were. Okay, I hope that makes sense. Um, I don't want to dwell on that too much. Let's see here. Uh, OT3. Yes, that's right. The pair of guys that took the OT3 out of the Denmark AO, Mark Tordai mentions. Yes, that's right. That was awesome, that, that whole thing. A couple, uh, really quickly, what Mark's mentioning there about the OT levels getting out into the public sector is a couple of ex-Sea Org members kept their uniforms or somehow got Sea Org uniforms. This was in the 80s. And this was kind of before really heavy security went in, uh, in the Scientology advanced organizations. So they waltz into the advanced organization in Denmark, and they say they are Sea Org members, because they used to be, so they know how to, how to talk the talk and walk the walk. And they say they're there to do an inspection on their OT delivery. And these guys are like, oh, okay, yes, sir, yes, sir. And they take them to where the OT materials are. And these guys say, we need to take these materials back because they've been revised or changed or something's wrong with what you have. And we're going to bring you the new ones. And so they take them and they just let them walk right out with them. I mean, it was beautiful. You could never ever get away with anything like that now but you know that's how they got him out of there it was it's it was an awesome story um seward asks uh is there any truth to the georgia guidestones being placed by lrh himself i don't know what the georgia guidestones are so i guess i would say no because i've never heard of them um and I'm pretty familiar with Hubbard in his life at this point. Very too familiar. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know what those are. So, you know. Uh, oh, hey, thanks, John. Thank you for your support there. Um, <laughs> I'm taking too many cues from George R. R. Martin on uh, teasing you guys on my book and metering video. Yeah. <laughs> I've been called worse than George R. R. Martin, so I'll, I'll take that. Thanks, thanks, George. Uh, all right, let's see here. Going down the line, um, is there is there a high-ranking organization within Scientology that we have yet to see a whistleblower emerge from? Not that I know of, but there has not been a lot coming out of CST. I think Aaron did a recent video with um, a guy who had come out of the Church of Spiritual Technology, and that is an area that is just not has not been well covered. Uh, because there has not been a lot of defections from that. We're talking the highest level of the, of the church in a way. Um, there's sort of a triumvirate. There's CST, the Church of Spiritual Technology. There's RTC, Religious Technology Center. And there's Church of Scientology International. 
And, um, and it's a very interesting relationship between these three organizations and the way Miscavige has sort of usurped power over all of them, even though they were set up ostensibly with checks and balances to prevent that sort of thing. That, that's not what happened. And, uh, and I will resist making any analogies to our current government situation. Uh, all right. Uh, thank you very much, Sasha, again for that. Um, all right. Just going down the line here. And his antics have a... Oh, okay. All right. So Evelyn is asking me, ex-Scientologists like Aaron Smith Levin do not like angry gay Pope and his antics. How about you, Chris? Frankly, I don't. I just see him annoyingly funny. So do you, she asks. Uh, okay, I do not like Angry Gay Pope's tactics. I like Angry Gay Pope. He's a good guy. But um, I do not like what he does. I don't think that his form of protest is effective or useful. And I feel that it only feeds the enemy ammunition, so to speak, to use against us. Because when you see somebody make a video that is overtly antagonizing Scientologists, getting in their faces, making fun of them overtly, that's not helpful. I'm just telling you right now, at all, it's not helpful. So I understand why he does it. Uh, I've I have actually spoken with him about it, but um, so I'm not you know dishing on uh, or or ragging on or trying to tear him down. I'm just saying that my opinion is that it's ineffective. But he's not going to stop doing it, and I'm you know I'm not going to try to stop him. I just don't think that it's uh, that it's anything that's going to by by effective I mean it doesn't change hearts and minds. All it does is sort of fuel the flames of antagonism that never ends and some exes feel towards Scientology because they're resentful, hateful, angry about, you know, having been involved with it or about the abuses of Scientology. And and that's fine to be angry. I was very angry for a very long time, but that's not how I expressed it, <laughs> right? So, uh, because I just don't think it changes hearts and minds. And that's my main objection to what he does. Um, okay, James Weatherhill asks, Chris, are you going back to school soon for training as a counselor when you compare your initial videos to the current ones? Your metamorphosis is extraordinary. Thank you, James. Um, I will be, I, I mean, my plans right now are still to do that, but it's not for a year or two. Uh, I just have a lot of research to do and a lot of things to figure out. And the main question I have to answer, uh, and again, this is not an ask, okay? This is not like some, you know, side you know, sort of round the barn way of asking for money. Um, I have to figure out whether I want to do student loans or not, because uh, I am not sure if that's really a good idea. And I don't have the income to do college any other way. So that's a question that needs to be answered right now. And then uh, if I do answer that question in the positive that I am going to do it that way, then, um, then I just need to figure out which college I'm going to go to and get to it. And that'll, that'll happen, uh, like I said, the, the, the timing on it is sort of a year or two from now. So, thanks for that question, James. Started researching Scientology. Oh, Rhonda Allen, thank you. Thank you very much for your support. Awesome. Um, okay, somebody, D.A. Phil asks, I live in Copenhagen and started researching Scientology since David Miscavige was here some time ago. The church is advertising in the city with some creepy ads. Do you know if the churches expand? and expanded in this part of the world. Um, no, it's not. Uh, Scientology is not big in Europe and, uh, or in, in, you know, in Copenhagen. Um, in fact, it's really tiny. I mean, it's, it's tiny here in the U.S., and this is the place where the major concentration of Scientologists are. So Europe, 
Yeah, not a big deal. Now, where it is apparently kind of a big deal and is expanding is in Taiwan. And uh, that is, that's a whole nother picture. Um, but Europe, Russia, yeah, no, not, not really. At least not according to any information that I have. All right. Um, let's see here. Okay, John. Uh, okay, John Stewart says, when you finally get to the UK, can I take you to St. Hill? <laughs> yes, please. Uh, she says, he says, it's fascinating, full of Scientology history. I'd understand if you'd rather not. No, I, if I go to England, I am absolutely going to St. Hill. Are you kidding me? There is no way I would miss that. Uh, no, there's no way I would ever go to the United Kingdom and miss going to see St. Hill. Um, okay, David uh, Wingensodder asks, did Hubbard label himself as being any of the OT levels? Um, well, yeah, he labeled himself as being all the OT levels. He, Hubbard's, Hubbard's research is figure out the tech, figure out the, the material on the OT levels, and then, and then release it in a form where other people can do it safely and securely, where he was the, the ground, the trailbreaker, you know, trailblazer. He was the pathfinder. He was the one who figured out how to get there. And he, you know, said, like, for example, when he did OT3 back in 1967, he claimed that he broke his arm and broke his back and had all these horrible things happen to him. And that was part of the trailblazing, right? So, uh, so yeah, he claimed to have all that information and all those uh, spiritual awarenesses and abilities. Game of Zemu. <laughs> hey, Dice Man. Uh, all right, let's say here... Uh, Oh, okay. L. Nichols. Thank you, L. Says, uh, Georgia Guidestones are a modern twist on Ten Commandments, but for a post-apocalyptic world, very large monument in multiple languages. Ah, no. Hubbard did not have anything to do with that as far as I know. But what he did, what the church did plan to do, and, and this was in the IRS filings in 1993 when they were answering questions back and forth with the IRS about getting their tax exemption, one of the projects that the Church of Scientology claimed they were going to do was they were going to erect monuments, just to, just like the Georgia Guidestone, I guess, that were going to be the precepts of the way to happiness. And they were going to put these up all over the place. And I don't know, you know, that never really happened, never came to fruition. So that might be, that's the first connection I make as to where the Georgia Guidestones thing might have come from. I could be totally wrong about that, but that was just the first thing that I, that I thought of. Um, uh, thank you, Rhonda. Thank you, Mark. Uh, oh, uh, Leave Louie asks, Chris, can you explain why Italy counts as a continent in Scientology? Yeah, um, in Europe, especially in the 80s and 90s, Italy was hot. Italy was on fire. I mean, really on fire. They had some very enthusiastic staff members. And they would go out in Italy to uh, do book sales. They were on TV. There was a guy out there, I think, who, I think it was Italy, who was doing a, a cable access Scientology introduction show all on his own bat, not with any real help from the church. And, um, and they had a lot of people coming in. Uh, for a period of time. And then I think there were some suits and there were some troubles um, and things kind of went south. And I don't think Italy is anywhere near as big as it and, and booming as it used to be for Scientology. So that is why Italy 
was managed as its own continental zone, right? Uh, ITL or Italy or whatever. So that's that was what I understood from a from my perspective in the West U.S. Uh, from what I you know saw of Italy. Um, okay, Fred Flogiston asks, "Do you know Stephen Mango, and what do you think about it? About it? <laughs> um, I, I think Stephen's fine. He's uh, you know he's I think he's uh, focusing more on." Uh, non-Scientology content now because he's finding that there's more of an audience on his YouTube channel for non-Scientology content. Um, I think he had a, you know, a, a degree of experience in, in Scientology. He got taken for a ride and he's talked about it and given all his details about it. And I don't know. I don't know. Um, you know, I, I wish him all success. I think as many people as speaking out as should, as can, should. You know, um, but uh, I don't know. I don't really have much else to say about Stephen. Uh, he's a good guy. Um, let's see here. If you try to... Oh, sure. Uh, this is really happening, asks. Uh, Angry Gay Pope would have better content if he tried epistemology. Thoughts? Yes. Absolutely. Oh, my God. I would love to see that. Epistemology, I'm assuming you mean street epistemology, which is what Anthony Magnabosco does, where you basically go out and in a non-threatening, non-antagonistic fashion, you question a, a believer. And it could be on anything. It doesn't have to be even religious beliefs. But we accept all kinds of ideas all the time, right? And, and don't necessarily have good reasons for accepting those ideas except for our biases and our confirmation bias, right? Our, our ideas and prejudices about how the world should be. And street epistemology is a method where somebody comes along and questions you about that and where your knowledge comes from and why you think those things are true. And it's a great way of questioning and introspecting and looking at your own beliefs. It's really quite something. So, um, yeah, if AGP got into that, oh, man, that would be awesome. Street epistemology is the bomb. And I've had Anthony Magnabosco on this channel to discuss that as well Um as Peter Bogosian. They were both on my Sensibly Speaking podcast, so you can look those up. Uh, really, really good stuff. And and it's kind of taking off. Um, uh, Anthony just went to Oslo, uh, Norway, and did a whole presentation on it. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. All right. Um, let's see here. In England, where is St. Hill? Oh, yeah, East, East Grinstead. Yeah. Um, da, 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 da. Holy cow, Julie. Wow, 50. Thank you. Thank you very much. Awesome. Really appreciate it. Um, okay, Paul Metcalf asks, um, oh, let's go back. Angela Wynn Jenkins asks, Chris, can you tell me why Asian countries are in Europe? Uh, no, I can't. I don't understand what that means. Um, you have to be more specific on that one, Angela, then I'll try to answer your question there. I, I don't understand it. Paul Metcalf asks, uh, love your work, Chris. Could you tell us the latest news about Shelley Miscavige? Is there any news? No, there's nothing. Uh, everything we know about Shelley Miscavige, and I mean everything, is on Tony Ortega's blog. That He has been tracking that uh, as, as best he can. Uh, very limited amount of information. There is some um, conjecture about her, and I don't know. I didn't watch the entire three-hour video that Aaron did with... Uh, with uh, uh, God, his name's just totally slipping my mind right now. But the guy who was up at CST, at the Church of Spiritual Technology, um, he had some ideas because that's ostensibly where Shelley is located. And she might not be as bad off as... His his supposition was she might not be as bad off as, 
as everybody is sort of supposing. Um, personally, I don't have a lot of sympathy for her. She enabled David Miscavige and worked side by side with him for over 30 years. So, uh, you know, she's a great poster child for the abuses of Scientology, but in reality, that's really not who she is. So um, I, I have sympathy for her like I do for every Scientologist. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I feel for her and her situation. Um, but, you know, she's David Miscavige's wife. All right. Let's see here. Greetings from Barcelona. Hey, Alex. Alexander. Good to see you here. Um, okay, just da 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 looking here, what? Alright, yeah, you're going away. Alright, let's see here. Um, so pretty big Copenhagen's, okay, so that was Shelly, um, oh, Keen Observer asks, wondering about pre-signed resignations of board members, managers, as I suspect this is how Miscavige can control the various boards of the Scientology entities. Did you have to sign one? Okay, yes, that is how he controls them. I actually talked about that in my book on the, um, I think in the chapter about the IRS. And that is how he has hold over all of the various boards of directors of Scientology is he has undated uh, signed letters of resignation from every board member. And I believe this was something that Hubbard actually did. Uh, and Miscavige learned it from him, I, I think. Uh, I never had to sign anything like that because I was never on any of the boards of directors of any of the churches of Scientology. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Fred. Okay. This is really happening. Okay, good. Da, da, da. What is this? I'm dancing naked. Well, good for you. Uh, okay. Thanks, Angela, for subbing. Um, oh, thank you, Julie, again. Okay, can you tell me, uh, Anatina Christ asks, hi, can you tell me anything about Hubbard's time in Morocco and why he had to leave there? Greetings from Switzerland. Because um, he, you know, because him, and, this was in the early days of the Sea Org. I can't speak specifically about Morocco. I'm not super familiar with that time period. I wasn't there. And I've read about it, but I don't have all the details, you know, uh, at my beck and call. But when Hubbard and the early Sea Org in the late 60s were sailing around the Mediterranean, they were creating problems everywhere they went because, they, of course, they were hiding out. They were putting themselves out there under uh, false pretenses, right? They were saying they were one thing when they were something else. And um, in some cases, right, when they went to Greece, they really tried to take over Greece <laughs> uh, with Scientology and failed pretty miserably. So, um, so as far as why they had to leave, I mean, they were being chased around by, um, you know, intelligence organizations uh, in the United States, UK, other places, because they weren't trusted, and they were being pursued, you know, uh, legally. I mean, this was, uh, um, there was, uh, in France, in the, in the early 70s, uh, Hubbard was brought up on fraud charges. And, of course, he never showed up to the courtroom, but that, you know, that, that happened. So... That's kind of, uh, that's all I can really comment on with Morocco. Uh, Lemmy Adams asks, do you think Shelly is deceased? No, I don't. I think she's still alive. Dylan Gill. That's the, yeah, not David Gill, turd. It's uh, Dylan Gill. Yes. Um, okay, yes, I am in Denver. And uh, we are going to be wrapping up shortly. Uh, just, uh, we've been on for about an hour, but I, I wanted to try this time. I've been talking real fast because I really wanted to keep up with you guys and actually try to answer every question this time. I feel so bad when I don't get to get to do that. Um, 
Oh, Punk Rock Tastic Sarah asks, did you hear about Tom Cruise leaving the church? I read an article that was not sourced well that said something about Tom Cruise having doubts or reservations about Scientology and because he can't see Surrey. I think that's bullshit. I don't think I don't think Tom Cruise is leaving Scientology. Uh, not without more information will I believe such a thing as you know uh, unsourced TMZ radar online type story. Uh, he's a fanatic. Tom Cruise is just fanatical about Scientology. So uh, so I don't. You know, I don't think that that's what's going to get him out. Um, oh, Sarah Van Bunt asks, I asked this on the last Q&A video, what is the birthday game? I have explained the birthday game um, on my Q&A show, and I'm not going to do it now because it's kind of a long explanation. It's basically a competition between the churches of Scientology as to which ones are growing faster or better than the other ones. But... I but I'm not but there's a point system and there's all kinds of things to it and I explain this in my Q&A videos. If you go to my blog, mncriticalthinking.com, there is a menu item called critical Q&A questions or or Q&A questions. And if you click on that, you'll get a page that has all the questions I have ever answered on my Q&A show. I think it's out of date by like the last two or three episodes. But you can search that page for birthday game and just do a text search. And uh, then that'll tell you where I answered that question. And then you can look that up. So that's why that page exists is so people can go there and look those things up. So check it out and you'll get a better explanation than I just gave you for the birthday game. Um, let's see here. Yes. Okay. Why are you going to end the stream? Oh, because... Of, it's been about an hour, and I try to keep these things, um, you know, to a to a manageable amount of time. I guess. I mean, I could keep going, but I I do have other work I got to do today. <laughs> um, thank you very much, Lemmy Adams, for saying that my content is the best on YouTube. I really appreciate that. Uh, it's a lot of work putting a channel like this together and keeping it going. I know it doesn't look like a lot of work, but it it is. Um, Okay, Tony Marie Anna Antonucci asks, Do you think Miscavige truly understands what most people think of him in Scientology these days? They lie so blatantly in every interview that he can't possibly think people think highly of him. Um, I think that deep down Miscavige might know that people hate him. I think he is very paranoid actually about that. I think he, but I think he's got a this this authoritarian attitude that overrides that, and I think he really thinks he's just the you know the cat's meow, and he really thinks he is on top of things, and he I think is secure in his power because nobody challenges him. It's this it's a it's a strange phenomenon and one that's really worth looking into the whole Milgram experiment and the and the Stanford prison experiment and stuff the way we respond to authoritarian control it's it's uh, it's sad really i mean the 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 of mo on most of our parts the our inability to stand up to bullies and authoritarians it's a problem that we have uh and it's certainly a problem when you get into a destructive cult situation where there's a heavy belief system of some kind that everybody's aligned to. And when the person who personifies that belief system, whether it's Hubbard or Miscavige or um, uh, David Koresh, you know, I mean, uh, Jim Jones, it's very hard for some people to, you know, it takes a real act of will to stand up to that. 
So you don't see it happen a lot. And when it does happen in the past in Scientology, David Miscavige has slapped it down hard. And he's broken people uh, through that, through his methods. So that, of course, reinforces people in that world not standing up to him. So I think he feels very secure and paranoid at the same time, if, those, if that cognitive dissonance can kind of make sense. Um, because he's not a rational person. He's, he's power hungry. He's, he's a little nuts. So that's what I can kind of say about that. Um, so I think he kind of believes his own bullshit, basically, as far as that goes. But I don't think uh, he believes in Scientology, which is, again, another one of those weird sort of things. I think he, I think he believes in his personal magnetism and his own personal power and his own authority. I think he believes that he owns that and, is, and it's his right to have that. But, um, but I think he's trapped in by, you know, the, the, the problems that surround him and the lifestyle that he lives. And he, you know, is sort of stuck with that. Uh, so not a fun existence, you know, uh, not, not, not anything I would want. Uh, okay. Um, I'm on fire. Thank you. Let's see. Um, going back up the line here. I realize I'm going to be doing this all day if I try to actually answer every question you guys are answering, asking me. So I'm just going to go a few more and then we'll wrap it up here. Um, Let's see here. Why would who would take over after DM? Georgina Strange asks. Um, that is a big question. Uh, it's one that I've talked about uh, often on this channel, actually, because it's it's a big it's a toss up. We don't know. He's broken almost everybody around him, but that's not to say that some young whippersnapper couldn't come up the line and take over if he were to leave or be taken away in you know handcuffs or something, which I don't think is going to happen. Um, I don't have an individual that I could say right now is the person who would take over Scientology after David Miscavige. It's just, it's not really a very easily answerable question uh, at this time, right? Because it's kind of, it, it depends a lot on the timing, and it depends on who's around at that time. Because people at the international management level of Scientology, there's a lot of rotation, let's put it that way, okay? People come into Miscavige's sphere and they are Miscavige's favorites or his pets for a while, and then they do something, and they blow it, and then they're relegated to the galley, right, or the janitorial duty, or some lower post. And then that's, that was their 15 minutes of, you know, fame. And then somebody else comes along. So the person who takes over Scientology might not even be a Scientologist right now. It kind of depends on how long David Miscavige is going to be around. If he disappears tomorrow... Sure, somebody in his inner circle might step up, or nobody steps up and the whole thing falls apart. I, you know, it's a little hard to say, but probably, um, you know, in ten years from now, if that's when Miscavige goes, there's going to be a whole new crew there. So it's, you know, that's why that's a really hard, hard question to answer. Um, uh, da, 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 da. What is he asking here? Death thoughts? <laughs> I'm not going to do that in this Q and A. That's a whole video. Um, but keep that question in mind, Turd, because uh, Turd Ferguson asks here about death, my thoughts on death. I have a lot of thoughts on it. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, let's go ahead and do one more, and then we will wrap up here. Um, let's see. Oh, the real David is Miscavige. Please stand up. Uh, Marty. Ugh, Marty. 
How can we coax Marty Rathman back out into the sunshine? Oh my God, so like a Valley Girl asks? Forget it. He blew his chance. I mean, I have no interest in uh, unblackmailing him or unsuccumbing him or however you're, you know, as you're writing here. Um, he made his bed. He's going to lie in it now, right? He can't be trusted. And that's really the bottom line with him is he, he left Scientology. He tried to, you know, become a, a, a David Miscavige, right, of the independent field. Uh, out in the you know in the real world practicing Scientology and he thought he was going to amass power and money and whatever by doing that and he didn't and then he brought the court case and then it you know then he decided for whatever reason um, and I can't really I mean we can all conjecture that he was blackmailed by the church or he's bought off or something and all of those are very good conjecture but um, you know he's 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 a wasted effort at this point. All right, so we're going to go now. Thanks, guys, for uh, coming around and being part of this. I really appreciate it. I uh, really appreciate you guys' support. Thank you very much for all of that. It was really great. And, um, yeah, as Rhonda says here, Marty torched his bridges. Uh, so I will try to do these uh, maybe once every couple months or something, and uh, and uh, we'll, and we'll, we'll get this thing posted as a regular video later on today. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.